everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Zitara. <laughs> Bonjour, citizens. <laughs> we are doing a French film, if that wasn't obvious from, from that uh, shambles of an introduction. Uh, this is a science fiction movie podcast. Every week we get together, we talk about science fiction film. And this week we are looking at Alphaville, directed by Jean-Luc Godard. Um, the lesser of the Jean Lucs, of course. Of course, uh, Tara got all excited when I said Jean Luc, and then waiting for yeah, waiting for bated breath <laughs> for the word Picard, and then I was like, nope, Godard. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm sorry. I always set you up for. I bet Jean Luc Picard is a big Jean Luc Godard fan, though. He loves the French. <laughs> Very possibly. Very possibly. Uh, so, first thing I have to say about this movie, actually, or about the choice to do so, I will start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do. We'll, we'll warn you in the middle before we get to spoilers. The first thing I want to say, though, is that this was on our schedule because somewhere, like, this was on, like, a, a, a time travel list, so I thought it was part of our time travel season, and I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, you know, it's getting on, we're maybe, I'm maybe, like, halfway through, and I'm like, you know, so far, I mean, it's definitely sci-fi. There's definitely sci-fi stuff going on, but like, I'm halfway through, and I'm like, this doesn't feel like there's going to be any time travel. There's, there's, there's not a hint of time travel anything. They're just going to have time travel at the end, or there's going to be time travel this. So I don't know mm-hmm. where I got this idea from that this was time travel related. Uh, luckily, it was still sci-fi, so it was still still something we could do in the show, and I wasn't just wasting time. But um, first, first, first point I want to make is this is not a time travel movie, so... Scratch that from the it record. It is set in another time. The future. Woo! The, the retro future, because it's like... Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's maybe like just... Well, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing, because it, like, it sounds like the world's changed a lot, but the technology and the way it looks, like they just shot it in like present-day Paris. They just picked buildings that looked a bit more modern because of the glass designs and the and yeah. so on and so on. So it, it kind of has that feeling of just being right in the future probably at the time when it came out obviously to us now it looks ancient <laughs> so nothing nothing about it feels it's the same modern buildings yeah yeah because i'm like yeah every building's like this now like, <laughs> like you almost have to go out your way not to find one that isn't like this uh, <laughs> so but yeah so jean-luc godard is the director and I'll, I'll I'll give my opinion on him in a minute. I'll just I'll give you yeah, the premise. Yeah, you've got some feelings, huh? I'll, I'll give you the premise so I can ask Tara the question first because I I'll, I'll like uh, Tara uh, opening up first with her, her opinion because um, okay. it, it puts her on the spot a little bit more. But um, so I uh, yeah, the movie the movie is about uh, a, a man who who's sort of claiming to be a, a, a an you know investigative journalist but is actually a secret agent. Uh, his name is Lemmy Caution, played by Eddie Constantine. And he comes to Alphaville uh, to seemingly to, to just sort of like research it, but he's actually looking for someone like a uh, an investigator who's already been there before, and he's looking to try and take out Alpha 60, which is a computer which actually controls the town and maybe to, the, you know, to almost to a big brother level of uh, control and he uh, is trying to figure out how to navigate the people of the town and the weird rules of the town and ultimately try and take this thing down. He comes from what they call the outer countries. Uh, Alphaville's kind of on its own and everywhere else is referred to as the outer lands or the outer countries. So uh, that's the gist of the premise of the film. I will ask Z question. Tara, did you enjoy 
Alphaville. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think I would because I fell asleep twice trying to watch it. <laughs> yes, we had to reschedule this recording twice. We pushed it multiple times because Tara kept falling asleep. <laughs> I know, so it wasn't looking good. But each time I fell asleep, I would go back and watch it from the beginning. And yeah, it, I actually kind of liked it the more I watched it. So yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not... It's not great. I know this movie has like a really high score on a lot of different sites. And uh, I guess maybe it's ahead of its time, especially for a French film. <laughs> especially <laughs> for a French film. <laughs> I've watched a lot of French movies. I don't really like any of them. <laughs> I don't. This one's okay. I've got a couple of good ones you can watch. I've got some recommendations for you. I know. I, I haven't seen... Diabolique. Yes. Yes, exactly. I've seen a lot of Gerard Depardieu films. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so it is a thing, right? Jean-Luc Godard is one of these celebrated directors. He's, he's on those, all, he's always on the Criterion list. He always shows up in all these best of lists. He's one of these, you know, new wave French filmmakers who mm-hmm. is heralded as being one of the greats and uh, like all you know his library of films is kind of maybe not quite up to the same standard as some like hitchcock but it kind of is if you go into art house like you know foreign cinema fanatics like he's kind of held up to that that regard that regard and this was the fifth film of his i've seen i saw uh vivre sa vie from probably a butcher on the pronunciation of that uh i've seen contempt i've seen uh breathless and i've seen another one or maybe no maybe it was only three before this is the fourth um so this is the fourth film from Jean-Luc Godard that I've seen. I did not really like any of the previous three. So even going, Breathless, I heard Breathless is really good. No, if anything, Contempt was the one that I liked the most. I had a bit more style for that kind of gelled with me. Um, Breathless did next to nothing for me, and I am someone who watches a lot of old movies. Who watches a lot of foreign cinema. I'm not like some, you know like michael bay fan who's just stumbled onto the criterion app by accident um and he's never done anything for me it's never worked for me it's never clicked with me um i have i have honestly had the problem of being sleepy and like being knocked out by his films previously to the point where the reason why i didn't fall asleep during alphaville is because i came prepared i came out with a giant can of red bull (laughs) and i i sat and watched it with the light on to make sure i wouldn't fall asleep because I yeah. knew I would. It got cold, and I grabbed a blanket and a pillow, and rookie mistake. It was just, yeah, classic mistake. Rookie mistake. <laughs> you never watch a black and white subtitled film with a blanket, a pillow, and possibly the lights off. I don't know if you did or not, but like these are all rookie oh, mistakes. <laughs> so um, I went into Alphaville, kind of like, okay, this is a science fiction film. Maybe this is the, the, the Godard film that will finally click with me, that I'll, 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 I'll really get and I'll be really into, and I'll, I'll love it. And I'm sorry to say that I think I just really don't like Jean-Luc Godard. Hey, that's okay. I, 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 mean, I can't I, say I blame you. It's a bit weird. And I think weird is like a really good... Word, one word description of the movie there's there's a weird a quality real, it actually has a lot of great ideas in it no it's and... a great ideas the premise all the ideas all all the all the concepts it's playing with all mm-hmm. those things solid 
execution <laughs> not for me yeah there's some changes that i would make just from watching it even though i'm not like a director or whatever but like oh it would have been better if he did it the other way or something but <laughs> or some some scenes just kind of stay like they really are just begging for an edit <laughs> mm-hmm. like a cut they just keep going and then there's sometimes um, where he has these really harsh cuts that don't quite match up with the other shot but he does them anyway yeah there's a lot of weird close-ups mm-hmm. um it's very poetic it's a lot of poetry so much poetry uh and i'm not anti-poetry i know you are um, <laughs> i'm not anti-poetry <laughs> There's a time and a place, okay? There's a time and a place, and... If it's not in a Superman comic, you don't care. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look, poetry on its own as poetry is fine, okay? Um, But this movie is filled to the brim. And honestly, it's not even the poetry... The problem is is that poetry, sometimes I just, like, drone out of, and I just... I, just, I, I can't pay attention after a while. Um... But that's especially true when it's in a different language. And it's especially true in the horrendous voice that most of the poetry in this is said. So Alpha 60's voice, the computer narrates a lot of this film. I hated his voice. Every time he started speaking, I wanted it to be over as soon as humanly possible. It was unpleasant yeah, to listen to. There is to. no special effects in this film at all. It's very much like just modern day, only we're told it's the future. And the ideas in it make it the future rather than yeah. what what you're seeing. Because everything is just very modern. Like the clothes, the hair, which the I'm, makeup. I'm actually okay the with. The cars. One of my favorite sci-fi movies, which I guess we'll do on this show at some point. I did it with Connor a while ago, but I mean, we should do it this, at some point in this show. Is Stalker. And that movie is nothing but ideas. Like There's like yeah. very little visually to actually show you that anything's happening it is all about the ideas and i am a-okay with that i really am but this voice sure, this stupid computer voice it's my, so yeah my point is that because of that like godard just found a voice that sounded unusual but it's not an effect it's just a guy who smoked too much and has an artificial larynx <laughs> or a voice box that he speaks through but because it's a man who had like who's using a voice box medical for medical reasons yeah. You can hear him swallowing like all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can hear him like his lips smacking. You can hear like, the mm-hmm. just all, all the. All... And it is very much a mistake. Yeah, I see, think. Basically, anytime anyone does some like ASMR of just like mm-hmm. that, you can sort of hear that under his voice like all the time, and it is so distracting. Right. And the voice is so unpleasant to listen to. It's 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 awful. I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. And it's not and it's not like a oh you hate it in that he's kind of the villain way, right? Like you kinda of hate him and you want to see him get to No 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 no. I just I I hate listening to it. I want no part of it. It's it's also mixed really poorly, the sound for it. Like it's mm. too loud. And it comes from everywhere and it's uh, I mean you can kind of get away with it because it's a pretty art house almost student level film but <laughs> a little oh, bit <laughs> all, all the all the pretentious film snobs are going to be so angry at this review if they click on it <laughs> yeah, look i'm sure he's a pro but 
it's a you know it's a type of film that i think you and i can make in our backyard or something you know (laughs) there's no special effects Look, I don't like Goddard. I am not going to say anything as bold to say that I can go out and make the movie. I mean, I'm glad you think I can. I'm, I am. I'm genuinely touched. <laughs> I'm not going to make that claim. You don't think you can make this type of film? I don't know if it would come out. I need more experience, I think, before it would come out. It's, I mean, it's it's barely passable as a movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who said you liked it at the start. This is savage. I, I like the ideas a lot. This is savage. I like, I like the characters. Um, I like where it goes. Like overall, I'm positive. Tara, I don't Ta- think it's great. Tara says I'm, I like this movie as she's just like you know polishing her chainsaw, like getting ready to cut it down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna hurt you. Like Wing Commander, I know could also be described as barely possible as a movie, but <laughs> this is. Like a hundred times better than that. <laughs> no, for all its faults, there's someone with an idea behind this who's trying to like really say something. Um, yeah, I don't like the execution, but th- that alone makes it better than Wing Commander, which is just a studio said, "We want a movie with that name. Let's go make it." <laughs> and someone went and made it, and that was yeah. it. Um, and no one at any point in this movie goes, "Shh, that's a destroyer hunting us." Um. <laughs> But at least in this movie, this would have made more sense. Maybe we'd have been like, oh, is, is that like a robot the, the AI sent after them? A destroyer? Mm. Oh, yes, be quiet. A level three destroyer. Level three destroyer. Seduction class. <laughs> Seduction class. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, oh, there's, yeah, there's a lot to dive into with that stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just saying it's it, it is outright saying things about gender and even, even about nationality. It kind of it makes some weird digs at some countries at one point um including america uh, oh yeah our uh, lead actor is american he is He's yeah expatriate well they, they wanted uh apparently he wanted like a you know that pulpy american noir looking hero uh to be the lead yeah i mean i i sort of told this to you before but i kind of think godard is one of the first like kevin smiths in the movie industry <laughs> he's clearly a fanboy <laughs> even like the names that he chooses for people like oh we'll talk professor about nosferatu. yeah <laughs> professor nosferatu is the one that stuck out to me as well yeah oh, and I, I see a lot of things like our lead guy is very bogart I, if I he's tell, very bogart without bogart i'm looking know? at the names here there's also a, a professor jekyll yeah professor heckle and jekyll <laughs> Oh. A lot of the names I would uh, I would scrap and redo if this were my film in my uh, backyard. Oh no, they should they should have went all in this. Like I love Leonard Nosferatu. Leonard Nosferatu. Listen to that name. That's a great name. <laughs> Leonard Nosferatu. That would be the name of my son. I I, I, sh- I should go change my name. I should change my last name legally to Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the I idea. I that will get you anything. Like if you make a reservation at a restaurant. <laughs> For Nosferatu, if you're like right by the exit, or the dodge will always do. Anyone who gets gets who Nosferatu is, because not it's not it's not like everyone. I mean, sure, movie fans know Nosferatu is Dracula, but I love the idea that if I go to a restaurant and they see my name is Nosferatu, they'll always offer me wine just so I can say <laughs> I, I never, never drink, drink wine. wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear 
Um, so, yeah, cat, go away. So this this is very much your your dystopian satire of a film. It's very much doing things that you know Big Brother uh, would would do. Not that I've ever seen or read Big Brother, but you know I'm familiar with the the general idea of Big Brother. Uh, Fahrenheit four five one. Uh, yeah, to, very Orwellian. To go with something a bit more newer, and this is maybe showing my almost exact age by saying this movie. But uh, if anyone who around the age of ten to thirteen saw Equilibrium, that's maybe the more modern. Uh, yeah, <laughs> take I thought on of this. that movie a lot actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Jean Luc Godard, the, the, all, all the film snobs are going to hate me when I say this, but I, I was wishing I was watching Equilibrium <laughs> halfway through this thing. Uh, yeah, I was not. <laughs> I was like, yeah, where's Christian Bale and he's gone cat? I want gone cat, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think Equilibrium. I mean, I'm sure we'll do it on the channel, but oh, yeah. like. Oh yeah. First, I I remember like a, a, an ex boyfriend being like, "This is my favorite movie, and this guy's going to play Batman, and I can't <laughs> wait. And I want you to watch it, and I want you to love it." And I watched it, and it's like, "Yeah, it's good." <laughs> no, but again, it's one of those like, like the ideas are there, but it's, it's oh sure, just kind of hokey and well, two points. Two points I want to make. One is that that director who made that movie has done nothing but garbage since, and two. Um, I have not seen it in like 15 years. So I don't know if it actually holds up. I might watch that and be like, oh, oh. Like, I don't know if it holds up. But the idea did stick with me from sure. the film, from watching it. Because, I mean, I thought about it a lot when I watched this movie. Yeah. For obvious comparisons. Yeah, and the bad guy's uh, uh, Robert the Bruce from Braveheart. I remember that. An equilibrium. I don't remember that. I remember Christian Bale in a trench coat. And his slick back haircut from um, what's that movie? American Psycho. <laughs> Would you think they just got the same hairstylist? Hey, we liked what you did on uh, American Psycho. Can you just do it again, please? The slick back. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sean Bean's in that movie. Spoilers, he didn't make it. Um, so. <laughs> uh, we were going to watch it. <laughs> Sean Bean dies in everything. <laughs> Oh dear. One day, Sean Bean. One day. One day. One day you'll make it to the end credits. I love the idea. I love the idea of having Sean Bean in a movie, have making it to the end credits, but then doing a mid credits scene where he dies. <laughs> <laughs> you thought he did it. You thought he got it. I saw movie a list alive. of like actors who have died the most in films, and he wasn't number one. I think like Christopher Lee was number one. Yeah, well, he but it could like, just be because Christopher Lee's done like 600 films. Yeah, he's been in the hundreds of movies, so that's why. <laughs> yeah, but I think Sean Bean was like number two. And, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure Christopher Lee probably played a villain most of the time, and more often than not, the villains will die by the end. Yeah. Where's Sean? Do you count Dracula? I mean, he's undead. He's I mean, yeah, because he's still killed, because they still clearly say that staking the vampire is how you kill the vampire, so I would still count it as a death. Okay. Um, the thing with Sean Bean though is that even like he still plays maybe more often than not uh, heroes or good characters yeah. and still dies. The tragic loss. Yeah. yeah. Or the ones you think you could trust. Not that he's never a villain. He's occasionally a villain, but he's he's often still a a the tragic. Yeah, like he's he's the one who dies to show that the stakes are real. Mm-hmm. Bad news for Dracula. <laughs> That's a great joke. I'm here all week. Uh, go to patreon.com if you want to support more of that material. Uh, I'll keep it coming. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
Not sure what to talk about spoiler free. <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of ideas presented. There are some just truly bizarre scenes that I don't really understand even in the context of the film like it okay there's a scene with the synchronized swimmers in the pool. <laughs> but even if you really like the movie you have to be kind of scratching your chin going what am i watching you know, you know, the worst part about that scene i think is that it doesn't actually properly make it really clear what's happening and i think if you actually got more brutal with how you showed that scene i think it'd be the best scene in the movie and it would be so like maybe but it's so impractical <laughs> that oh, yeah. it doesn't make any sense for like for a, a nation or a, a culture that worships logic this is so illogical <laughs> yes yes how long until you make a Spock reference? I know, right? <laughs> oh, I'm going to be talking about Vulcans. Oh, uh, I'm sure you will be. The the Vulcan <laughs> Vulcan comparisons will be coming up soon. Don't you worry, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, dear. Um, you know, and for the record, I want to make it clear that I really tried to like this movie. I was not going in with a bad mood. I went in really optimistic, hoping that I would I would connect mm-hmm. with it. And I tried, I tried yeah. to, uh, you know, early on. You I like was... a lot of bad, weird, like, art house films squeeze me name one what was this bad art house movie i like drive <laughs> drive is not a bad art house movie. you are on your own you 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 are on that hell on your own i don't think so yeah you are drive is what's phenomenal. the audience score on rotten tomatoes for drive oh it's Just high kidding. it's 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 high i'm not even gonna try i'm gonna defend it myself as well i don't trust you to be accurate with us well i'm not a liar <laughs> you're right <laughs> well i don't lie you lie all the time you lied about meet the robinsons being uh, being animated <laughs> i didn't lie about that neglecting to just, mention even things th- i thought you already knew like i figured you would look at the poster or something Okay, ninety-two percent. Yeah, so it's seventy-nine. Cer- yeah, ninety-two percent certified fresh from the critics, and then seventy-nine percent from the audience. That is a that is a solid score for Drive. That is that is critically and p- commercially acclaimed. Well, Jim Shembury of the Age, Australia, <laughs> says it's ultra-violent, ultra-tedious, bargain basement rip-off of the classic nineteen seventy-eight Walter Hill film, The Driver. Couldn't have said it better myself. You've never heard of The Driver, so shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that you're going to this one weird Australian guy. You're like, oh, this Australian guy's got my back. Yep. (laughs) Is Alphaville not in Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, look at that. It's a percent lower than Drive. Although the audience rating scores higher. But that's only because the only people who have rated it on Rotten Tomatoes are art house uh, pretentious film people. Because no one else... See, the thing with Drive is, is that there'll be a ton of, you know, your Michael Bay yeah. fans and your 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 average Joes who, have, who are mad they watched it and went and gave right. it a 1 out of 10. People who wear the helmets that have the beer can on either yes. side. Yes. <laughs> yes. They, they go and uh, sort of review bomb Why is it. Why a movie called Drive? All we do is sit. <laughs> hey, that lady's got big boobs. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> 
<sighs> I mean, mostly yeah. flat. I like that. Mostly flat. Mm-hmm. We're definitely not still talking about Christina Hendricks. <laughs> definitely not. Look, I'm not trying to ruin anyone's parade. Like, I, it's become very clear to me after four Godard films that I just don't like the guy's work. Um, they're all, and it's not so much that I can't like art house, uh, stylized stuff. You know, it's, it's not like I don't like some other films that are a bit more hey, abstract. When we or... reviewed Twelve Monkeys, we reviewed Le Jeté, and you love that. Oh, that was great. Yeah, that that was that was really hitting a sweet spot. I think Godard just goes. Maybe at... you would like Godard if he was like twenty six minutes long for a film. I don't think so. I I think Godard just goes a couple of steps too far with his uh. Because so, because th- th- this whole poetry thing that I was complaining, like, that I'm, that I, or I have kind of alluded to complaining about, is that it's something I remember having a problem with with all of his films. I remember his characters just going on and on and on, um, and being frustrated and not feeling like they're really saying much of anything. And I'm sure there's people who sit there and like, think, oh, they're waxing lyrically and this is beautiful stuff and this is great dialogue. And I am just sitting there going, shut up and get on with the plot sometimes it is very poetic like and even the the computer alpha 60 who is supposed to be a computer speaks very poetically but i think mm. it's just the way he he writes everybody all of his characters like they have a certain cadence to them that when they speak it just kind of comes out like poetry yeah but i kind of like it i don't know like that's fair. I was getting into the like it, it wasn't enough to be confusing or like yeah, it's definitely a cultural thing, but I think it still transcends the culture, you know, the ideas in this film anyway. So, the things that I don't like about it are, like, I don't like the fanboy stuff. Sure. Because that just kind of takes me out. And I don't love uh, I don't love the voice either, of course, and there's a lot of it. There's so much of it. And you're right, it is so loud. Like, I like I think that's the problem with it. It's not just that I don't like it, is that it's, it's like mixed just a few decibels higher than everything else all the yeah. time. Um, although I do love that you were just saying that I was, I was just crack, you, you kept, we wanted a new point but I want to go back here and just crack a joke uh, how much you love the poetry in, your, in, a, in, the, in this barely shouldn't film uh, <laughs> standard of, of filmmaking I, just, hey, I think the writing's pretty good sure sure I like the dialogue a lot um, <laughs> so yeah I I, I don't know it's, it's frustrating because the ideas for me like are are, are are solid like obviously all these things like the idea of a computer control in a society everyone um being kind of just docile and going along with it uh the idea of like certain words being outlawed n- none of the characters know what love is you know when he brings up love the characters are like what's that love mm-hmm. love mm. Mm. amor <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is that. Would you like to have sex now? Like, no, <laughs> no, because <laughs> um, uh, like he arrives in town at the start, and basically the woman who shows him up to his room, his, his hotel room, like basically just starts undressing and is like, right, would you like to have sex now? Um, and he's like, this is not working, me. Get out. Like, what are you doing? Um, and he then like smacks her in the butt, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then there's like a really weird like fight scene. Uh, Mm-hmm. where someone attacks him it's, there's a lot of really weird oddities right early on and i wasn't necessarily out of the film yet at this point um but once once because because i was getting some of the because early on there's a couple of moments where you feel like maybe he's being watched like you know everyone's kind of dangerous there's like a scene like where he's in a phone booth and there's like someone in the phone booth next to him 
he was kind of like paying attention to him. There's this sort of air of like you know, like tension that you know that is your 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 typical. Yeah, kinda... to remind you who's a spy. Yeah, um, but like honestly, by the time it gets to like the first time he actually speaks to Alpha Sixty, from that point on, it's just a lot of like overly long scenes of dialogue that just I, I just don't enjoy the dialogue i just don't and um and mm. for the record yes even though i'm reading the subtitles and i'm not listening to the french like no that still applies like like the dialogue can still be an issue even through subtitles um it, it can just be i don't know the pacing of it the way it's written the way it flows just isn't working for me it reminds me um that's going to sound like a weird comparison but it it reminds me a lot of a comic book writer I really don't like called Jonathan Hickman. And it's not that, it's not that he's poetic like this. He doesn't write like Jean-Luc Godard. Uh, but in the way that I just hate his comics because I just hate his dialogue. And I just, I hate reading his, his text. Um, and I think Jean-Luc Godard is very similar for me. Is that, I, I can get down with a lot of the weirdness. I can. Like, I can get down with a lot of weirdness. It can give it a nice tone. It seemed a lot less weird the second time that I went through these scenes. Sure. Because it was also establishing a lot of the the world. Because it, it it's, you know, we're watching something that looks like it was filmed, like in the nineteen sixties, like during the nineteen sixties. You know, like we're watching a nineteen sixties movie that takes place there. Unless, you know, something tells us, oh, it's not actually that. Because, uh, all we have to go on is the dialogue. Because mm. <laughs> otherwise, everything just looks like it did in the sixties. So it's, I. I like that, you know, when somebody gets killed, nobody cares because nobody has any emotion. Like the woman who's in the bathtub with him, uh, you know, somebody dies and she doesn't bat an eye. You know, yeah. it's like the first sign that we get that things are a bit weird yeah, people or are... different. Yeah, I, I think the first thing for me is that no one really cares about how Rudy's being because he, he's kind of a dick to everyone yeah. when he meets them. Um, he's also French like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the first hint for me that something's kind of off um, yes now can I recommend Henry Georges Clouseau as a, as a French director that I think is well worth checking out Diabolique was previously mentioned he also did Wages of Fear and The Murderer Lives at 21 both all three of those movies actually are all fantastic and I recommend them all I think you mean Fantastique Fantastique sorry We oui, we. Oui. <laughs> Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I uh, just don't eat any escargot. Ugh. <laughs> don't do it. I did. I've tried it. I've tried it twice. Oh. Yeah. Both times I was like, I know I'm supposed to like this, but I, I also know I'm eating insects. <laughs> no. Uh, it's the same with caviar. I feel I feel like the biggest con job on the planet is some idiots convinced everyone that caviar was this delicacy that should charge like a fortune for, but it's like no, this is disgusting. Why why are you why are you eating caviar? Stop it. Yeah, um, not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't eat that stuff anymore anyway. But like, I was never a fan before. I'll I eat that's... caviar in Russia with vodka, and went. This is what I'm supposed to do. And it was still gross. They have like these little poppy things. Oh, I, I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> like I'm really fussy with eating, and all, all just hearing about this is making me. I, I'm just. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, 
All right, well, I think we're ready to go to spoilers on that note. <laughs> so, I think so. So uh, we'll give you the spoiler warning. Before we get into spoilers, though, Tara is going to tell you how you can keep all these episodes coming and existing and and things. Why, sure. If you like what we do, you can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And going there, you can donate as little as a dollar per month and you can get a bunch of free stuff. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your concept of capitalism is really broken. <laughs> I'm just the perfect consumer. <laughs> anyway, yeah, check it out. You get bonus episodes of The Ace if you like what we do. You can check out the Trancers trilogy or quadrilogy or saga, whatever it is. Oh, just to, just to clarify, we've done two of them so far. We've done two. Yes. But I'm sure the third is coming up pretty soon. I have to know the next adventure of jack death i think we have to do at least a couple of other episodes before i think i think january might be when we do transos 3 okay so sign up for patreon so you don't miss <laughs> out on transfers 3 something three of, something jack death three of six <laughs> might i add there's six of these bad boys oh boy i know um but we, we, we also did judge dread 1995 judge dread we also did time cop we did robo vampire <laughs> Yeah, that one's a mess. Yeah, that one's a, that was pretty bad. Okay, so the movie opens with him arriving in town, and he, as we say, goes to the hotel, has this weird fight scene. Um, the the computer voice, the Alpha Sixty, does talk to the people occasionally through these little speakers that they can talk to. Um, you almost get, I almost got the impression he thought it was like a just like the hotel management or something at first, because he just sort of picks it up and says, "Nah, I don't need this right now," or "Thank you," or whatever. Um. Yeah, it gives you the impression that the one computer controls everything. Mm. It's kind of like Google. It's omnipresent. <laughs> like, even when they're walking down, uh, like, uh, I, don't, I don't remember which scene it is. I think it's later on, but there's like a hallway <clears throat> with doors on it. And it tells you if somebody's occupied that room. And yeah, you get yeah. to like a, fake, a vacant one. It so it's like everywhere. Like, it, it's calling it... people... It treats it like a rhythm because like, every because t- they're walking down this hallway and it's it, every time it goes past one it says occupied, occupied, mm-hmm. occupied, and eventually it's like uh, you know vacant or whatever, and it, it does create this rhythm to it. Again, that's one of those little stylistic things that I can kind of I can kind of get in, in board with. Although I do hate the voice still. <laughs> it's just so jarring because of the voice. Yeah. But yeah, in the beginning we get like, like the voices aren't opening narrator. And when we see our protagonist, let me caution. So it starts off on the wrong foot <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Here's this voice. <laughs> it's so great. If I wanted to listen to a dying French man at a, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder how difficult it was to find uh, a Frenchman that had its voice removed because of throat cancer. Probably not very hard. <laughs> Seeing as how many people smoke all the time in this film. Oh, yeah. France is particularly known for that, I think. But, um, yeah, so the, the movie... I love this thing of it. He, 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 so he tries to meet this other guy, this guy who came here earlier, this investigator or whoever, um, maybe a reporter. And that's Dixon, Henry Dixon. And he has been kind of mind-wiped or mind-washed or he's, you know, he's been integrated into society and he, he finally runs into him and he's at like this little this little 
brothel or, or whatever it is and he, t- he takes the, the prostitute upstairs with him and she's a level 3 seductress we keep hearing level 3 seductress and he tells him some stuff like he's, he's willing to talk about it to a point but ultimately he's been defeated by this place and he's completely because one of the things that uh, the, the 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 main woman we meet uh, uh, Natasha Von Braun uh, or however you pronounced it before I was just going to call her Natasha but <laughs> Natasha 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 Von Braun. Uh, she keeps telling them, "Oh, you have to remember to go go to uh, civic control or whatever the place is called. It's like this. Uh, it, you know, it sounds like, oh, that's where you go to get brainwashed. That's where you, that's where you go to get your individuality stamped out from you, uh, mm-hmm. so you'll integrate into the town." Uh, and he keeps kind of like putting it off and doesn't want to go. But this Dixon uh, actually dies well because he, he starts he starts like uh, going for it with this prostitute right in front of uh, uh, of, of caution. And he dies. He has a heart attack, like very early on. I mean, this is we could talk about premature ejaculation. This was premature uh, cardiac arrest because this was very early on in the process. So not much time to get excited. I don't. I didn't think. I thought. Okay. I thought premature. Well, we see that he is sick. Already, I thought. Like... I, I thought premature cardiac arrest was a good joke. I am so sorry, Tara. No, sold the whole <laughs> thing. I'm sure someone at home thought that was funny. All right. I raised an eyebrow. <laughs> that was a quality joke. Anyway, what was your point? You could take. <laughs> well, we see that he's sick, like from the beginning, because one of the things, like, he's using a room. Uh, presumably, he's been staying there for a little bit. I don't know if it's like a brothel hotel, because <laughs> the guy at the front desk is like, "Are you going to commit suicide already?" Because apparently, suicide happens all the time. Because some people just can't yes. deal with this place. Very high. Although, and it's they, not a big deal if people commit suicide anyway. They, 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 Nobody they, believes in religion or happiness or sadness. So they, and they also just do it they, like, they, if it's the logical thing to do. No, but they also said that suicide and execution, because they're executed if they do anything illogical. Um, but suicide mm-hmm. and execution, there's 50 men are executed or commit suicide for every one woman who does it. And that, so presumably men have a really hard time with adapting to this. Yeah, the implication is quite negative in a sexist way. It's basically saying, oh, women will conform. They'll conform and yeah. just do what they're told uh, much easier than the men. The men will question things and like try and sort of fight through it. But um, so Maybe it's like a cultural thing. Like maybe French men just really appreciate art and poetry more and they're like, we can't give these up. Because that's yeah, basically what they all say when we get to the execution scene is that every guy makes an announcement about how remember the things you used to love or mm. poetry those are the things that matter yes art uh, instead and, and it's, music yeah. and, and things and yes uh, <laughs> so yeah and they also mentioned that uh, some some outsiders who come in who get converted um americans i think germans was another one they'll like there were they lost like three or four countries where they they take to it really easily uh whereas other countries do not Maybe it's just uh, like countries that are known for their military, because military has that kind of attitude of conforming. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I can being see that. uniform. I can see that being the, the logic behind it. So, yeah, we have to talk about the execution scene, because the execution scene, uh, there's a man who's who's walked onto a diving board, a swimming pool, mm-hmm. and there's like a, there's a crowd watching, you know, watching from up the, the balcony. Very, very important people. 
and uh, he's shot because he's you know talking about art and music and how how they should cherish it and how they need their 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 feelings and blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. after he gets shot, though, he doesn't die on the gunshot. He is finished off by a team of swimmers who jump in the pool and stab him to death. And mm-hmm. this is what I was talking about earlier. See if they like showed this because you don't necessarily really get to see it all, all that well. No, it's it's sort of implied like. Like you told me that this was happening before my second watch of it, and when mm. I watched it, I went, "Oh, okay," because you can see the like the swimmer in the front, the closest one to the camera. You can see her like spin spinning a knife around, mm. like she's ready to do some stabbing. And if if you if you folks at home have never watched uh, any like Olympic swimming or anything like that, typically, traditionally speaking, they don't go into the pool with knives. They don't. They don't. You know, they don't see them stand at the edge of the pool. Although I would watch that. <laughs> Extreme swimming. It's combat. <laughs> Synchronized swimming is usually the the part that I skip in the Olympics. <laughs> I'm sure it takes a lot diving, of effort. No, diving is insane. But yeah, synchronized swimming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's just this make a list of people you've offended on this episode. Fans of Drive, uh, pretentious art house uh, film fans, the French, the French, <laughs> and now synchronized swimmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a I list. like the movie. <laughs> you like the movie, but it's barely passable as a film. We could do this in our backyard. Yeah. Direct quote. <laughs> Put it on the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> criteria was my commentary. They can call. <laughs> hey, I'll do commentary checks for for any company. <laughs> I'll sit and watch a movie and talk about it for two hours. Easy peasy. Hey, Joe should call us. What do you do every day? <laughs> Joe should call us for a commentary track. We should do some special edition commentaries for the, the first two Terminator movies. We we could do that. It'll just be you. All you do is talk about Terminator. You know so much more than me. Now you can talk about Terminator. I do love it, but I'll just be there, and be like, "Yep." No, <laughs> I, right. I, I no, no, no. I made that mistake during that first Terminator review. I, I will, I will prod you to make the points. I I will moderate and let you. It was. I mean, we both had the same score, and you had clearly had made this, like case for terminator many many times before <laughs> studied every scene and frame so it's more like yeah you got it <laughs> yes but me me hogging the microphone during that review was a fault of me that was a fault okay. of me hosting okay okay which is why notably in terminator 2 onwards you you intention i was intentionally holding back i thought i really had to try in terminator 3 target committed that review very passionate yeah i hated it wait 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 until <laughs> you know she had the, again the chainsaw was was being being polished uh right at the start of that review um i can't <laughs> i keep saying that there was a during the movie me and tim did on the stream <laughs> on, on the on the, the stream we did for octoberthon me and, me and tim watched a, a movie called pieces uh, with, with the folks at home, uh, there's a scene in that, and I keep saying you're polishing your chainsaw. There's a scene in that where the killer's killing people with chainsaws, and there's like a, a red herring like gardener character who's like who's like you know using a chainsaw to like trim the hedges and the bushes. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a moment where he's like just like you know wiping his chainsaw, but he's sort of smelling like really pervy as he's doing it, and it just it's meant to be really phallic looking. And every time I've said you're just polishing your chainsaw, all I can think in my head is this fat gardener like yeah. Yeah. Masturbating with the chainsaw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh dear. 
Oh, that, that movie's a that movie's a treat, by the way. If anyone's not watched Pieces from 1982, it is a treat. Maybe I'll check it out. So bad, it's amazing. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> delightful. I like those. So, yes. So, yeah, the execution scene is there. Um, he goes to see uh, Alpha 60 eventually. And, yeah, these scenes... Oh, every, every scene he went to talk to Alpha 60, I was... I was struggling. I don't know. These scenes were all right. And they kind of reminded me of, um, like, Decker in interrogating the, um, what are they called? Are they called synthetics in Blade Runner? Replicants. We haven't watched it yet, even though this review might come up after. <laughs> yes, Blade, Blade Runner is going to go out before this one, even though we said this one was next. But that's, that's yeah. you know. Well, anyway, it kind of reminded me of those scenes. Sure, I could see that. Joe, Joe, With the but, interrogation being more about philosophy than it is about like sure. logic. I, I don't nest, I don't mind that idea, but I do hate the voice, of course, and I hate the dialogue. But right. the, the one thing oh, that, I like that, but I hate the voice. <laughs> the one thing that really bugged me about the, these scenes, though, because it was just this pointless little thing to make it feel more futuristic or weird, but it just felt so stupid to me, is that there's like three microphones for him to like capture his audio for the computer. And they're they're constantly moving back and forth a little bit, and I'm like, why? This accomplishes nothing. This does nothing. This is this is just to look weird. <laughs> like, why would they be moving? Well, that would be consistent. <laughs> that one bugged me though, because it just it felt so like. There are a lot of like super corny looking scenes. There's one where he's in like an elevator with a, like a couple of thugs who are beating him up. But instead of like showing him being punched, it's just him going, ah, oh yeah, ah, yeah. Ah, back and forth. <laughs> it, it looks really cheesy. You're right. So what, one of the big things that happens then uh, is that obviously they want to convert him, and, but he actually says a riddle to the to the Alpha Sixty, the computer, which it can't solve because it it's too human. It's too you know like you have to remind you of anything. No, actually, what were you thinking of? I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> That's it's some. How Captain Kirk defeats. Um... Oh, you're right. You're right. No, I know oh, the exact episode you're talking his about. Name. Oh, the computer. Oh, is this the one where it comes on board and is floating around, or is this the one where it's just in the room at the end of the episode? Because there's, there's. Well, there's a couple, right? Because yeah. there's one that wants to kill all humans because it's. Uh, humans are illogical or something and then there's one that's uh there's one that's just like a room with a computer in it yeah that I, is like running society yeah i think i think, the, I think the computer running society um it's the it this unit must die and then like smoke comes out of it and sparks yeah <laughs> yeah what was it just wasn't the Kirk one just presents it with an illogical problem? Wasn't the one in the com- the room, the, the computer in the room though? Wasn't that one like that? Wasn't that like making two people fight? Like wasn't that like a, a war that it was doing? I want to say. I could uh, be, maybe I can't remember. I could be mixing that up with another episode though, where there's a computer making two people two two like you know cultures fight. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's Nomad. a similar one in uh, Next Generation which has James Cromwell in it. Nomad. Isn't Nomad the name of one of them? Nomad! That's it. <laughs> Proof that Tara doesn't listen to me. I had to say that a second time. Just putting that out there. Oh, yeah, I don't listen to you. 
I'm barely a co-host. <laughs> you should you should listen to me. I I make some very fine points. Yeah. Sometimes. Need I remind you that you started being on these shows because you were a fan? May I may I remind you? You have no proof. What do you mean the proof? I literally, in fact, the very stream you drunkenly asked to be a part of something is archived, and you can watch it and see you type out. Doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. I believe I started this show and asked you, "Hey, do you want to be <laughs> on my podcast?" Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like me. Mm. I don't drink. <laughs> you don't drink. Oh, can I recommend everyone go check out the top 50 movies as voted for by the Male Fuzz TV community, parts one and two? That was acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very good. That, that that wasn't Tara, honey. That was CGI. That was CGI. <laughs> uh, I've warmed up. I had a blanket over my legs because I was cold, but I've warmed up a lot, but I was uncomfortable. All right. We're out of the business now. So, basically, the computer can't solve the riddle because it, it, it requires to admit that, you know, it can't just be purely logical, essentially. And basically this starts to affect the town people in the town start like malfunctioning that they're sort of like rolling against the walls and just can't really walk properly and like the computer being struggling with this is like making everyone in the town act like nincompoops let's just call it what it is (laughs) and um we do eventually meet the professor who built the computer this von braun whose name is actually leonard nosferatu but changed his name the exact phrase is that Leonard Nosferatu doesn't exist anymore, but... See, well. I knew it was him because he was wearing sunglasses. Oh. Um, he, uh... In every picture that we have of him, he's wearing sunglasses He tries. He tries to uh, basically convince Caution to let everything go, and even offers him, like, hey, if you let us do our thing, because we're going to... Because they, they want to invade the outer countries, because they, they think the outer countries will eventually try and stop them. Which is actually true, because that's well, why he's here. Well, because they're being illogical, right? They don't have this... It would be the logical thing to invade other countries that are illogical. No, but they explain it at one point. They're actually worried about them trying to come and stop them and, to, and stop Alphaville. Uh, which is true, because that's what Caution's here for. He's here to, to mm-hmm. destroy Alpha 60, so uh, they're yeah. not wrong. But um, Look how much damage one person has done. But when, but when he's saying this, he's like, hey, let us do our thing and you can have a galaxy. And it's unclear exactly what he means by that, if he just means galaxies, like, is a word he's using to mean a country, or if he's actually legitimately saying we're going to take over galaxies. See, there, there was a, a point where I thought that this was, like, another planet. Oh, And, yeah. like, where he can't... Where Lemmy comes from... Yeah, Lemmy Caution comes from is from, like, another world. Yeah, because the way they kept talking about outer countries, it was making me think of other planets as well. I was, I was wondering if there was actually space involved. But he does drive into Alphaville, so I guess. And also, I guess they are all and, on Earth. And one of the reveals as well is the uh, the love interest, uh, uh, Von Braun, the daughter, because she's just as the mm-hmm. daughter, the the main bad guy. Um, she kind of vaguely remembers at one point that she's actually because she she's been like conditioned to think she's from Alphaville and she's always been here, but it turns mm-hmm. out she's actually from uh, New York. Like that's something that's brought up. So. That sounds like they're on Earth. <laughs> She's from New York, but they don't say New York. They say like... Nueva York. Is Nueve it... York or something, which is... Nueve is not a French word. It's like a Spanish word. 
Yes. Implying that there's a different New York. Or, there's like a new New York, like in Futurama. Or, or she's just using the Spanish name for New York, maybe. Why, but why would they do that? It's an American because city. Because Jean-Luc or, Godard is they, a pretentious weirdo. That's why. <laughs> See, for me, maybe it was just me thinking that it's either the very distant future or Joe, like what's so weird is that I, I I love David Lynch. I watch David Lynch, and he is definitely, and I say this lovingly, a pretentious weirdo. And I love everything he oh, does, sure. right? I don't hate pretentious weirdos right? if they can make great art. Right. But here's the thing. David Lynch's stuff is far more weird and confusing than Jean-Luc Godard has been in the four that I have seen of his films. But I mm-hmm. find David Lynch's scenes very easy to watch. I find them to go down like bar. They just are so enthralling and engaging and and like interesting and like kind of hypnotic and yeah that's uh, uh, you know they, do you think some of this might just be a translation issue i don't think so okay i don't think so because i because i watch tons of other stuff that's in french or any other language and i love movies that I are guess. in i guess i mean it, it is from another time and another language so who knows yeah, but I've seen all the French movies from like this era that I like. I mean, it's not like, you know. You do know that this movie came out in 1965 and 2001 came out in 1968. <laughs> Could they look any different? That would, that may be the most forced reference to anything ever that you've ever made. No, I think it's relevant. I think this these movies look like they're 50 years apart. <laughs> oh yeah well see when i first got the uh 2001 blu-ray you know when you know back when i first sort of switched to hd and like 2001 was in the middle like, my was, very first blu-ray it wasn't my first but it was in my, like, my first 10 because I, I got i think batman begins was first and then they they'd released a lot of the kubrick movies at uh, warner brothers like all the ones they own like very early so i actually got like 2001 clockwork Orange, the shining um full metal jacket full metal jacket and i think one other one uh, that they do but i got all of them basically at the same time within like the first 10 of my discs so so in the first month because i was obviously i got a blu-ray play on a projector at the time i was ready to go i was like yes all the blu-rays all the blu-rays i can get my hand on yeah. um and see when i watched 2001 on blu-ray for the first time uh it's like it was filmed yesterday and, it was and so two, beautiful in 2008 yeah that was my exact thought as i thought this looks like it was filmed last year yeah that's how good this like, looks and the the restoration of it like you can read what the signs say like in the bathrooms like how to use the bathroom in like the mm-hmm. spaceship and space station and stuff or like wow there's so much detail in there that you can actually read now it's a beautiful movie if it wasn't for the hairstyles yeah. and some of the clothes you would think it was shot last year yeah oh yeah definitely on that blurry it is, is insane um it suffers from that 70s color palette a lot but that's right i like it i love it it's the greatest Oh, is this your favorite movie of all time? Of course you're going to say it, <laughs> that. It was my first Blu-ray. I bought that and Master and Commander at the same time. Whoa. Both excellent Blu-rays. Do I have Master and Commander? You should. Add it to your Amazon wish list. I do like it. Maybe Santa Claus will bring it to you. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think I do. I don't think I do. But I, I do have 2001. Um, uh, there's also a, a, an ace big 4k tv on my amazon wish list should anyone want to treat me um, <laughs> i'll get one of those in 15 years <laughs> um so 
don't know what I talk about next. Um, so yeah, so so basically, so here's here's the here's the big thing that I think really hurts the film for me in terms of it not working for me because there's definitely parts of it I kind of like and ideas that I like obviously as it's going on and it lost me more and more as it went. And I think one of the reasons why it lost me by the time I got halfway through is the supposed romance between Caution and Von Braun. I don't buy this for a second. I think they have zero chemistry. Um, at one point, it just starts talking about her as if he's in love well, with her. Well, I think it makes sense that she's kind of robotic. Because everyone's on tranquilizers. Well, yeah, but why, why is he falling in love with her? Because she's freaking gorgeous. <laughs> she's a, a beautiful sphinx or whatever. <laughs> that's not enough for love. I, that's not enough um, to why, like... I don't know. I just I didn't buy oh, come it. On. You would not fall in love with her. I sort of did. <laughs> the woman is a stunner. I mean, I guess I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't feel it. I, didn't I mean, f- I don't buy. Her. I mean, I guess I can kind of buy her falling for him because he's got like the Bogart thing going on, but also he's he's unusual. He's the mysterious guy. He's the James Spader in the Stargate world. But, right? but, that, but that's the thing, though, is that she, she her, the entire crux of the emotional arc of the film is that she sort of slowly gets her humanity back in the final line of the film is her saying, I love you. That I love you, yeah. And that's... But that's because of him. Like, he gets the book of poetry from the from Dixon, who yeah, dies. I, he I, gives I, it to him. I think and then that... he gives it to her, and she's like, this is familiar, but it goes against everything I know. I think this is simultaneously um, it doesn't spend enough time on the relationship for me to give a shit about her caring about him at the end but at the same time the scenes with them where it, it revolves around this go on forever and that scene where they're sitting having breakfast and they're talking about like you know words being banned in the dictionary mm-hmm. that gets rewritten every day like oh my god that scene felt like it would never end I hated it I hated it Hold Timing, Gus. End of my sentence. <laughs> I was queuing Tara up for a response. I shall simply stall with nothing but fluff until Tara gets back. Oh, that's Tara. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so rudely interrupted. So I can't. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. It, they do go on kind of long, but I don't. I don't hate it. Like I like the idea of him being the, the one that brings back passion and the one who brings back the idea of love, and the first. You know, when she understands what love is, she falls in love with the man who introduced it to her. I think that makes sense. No, on paper, that does make sense. I just don't feel it in the movie. Like, I, I feel like this movie is prime for a remake. I'm, and I, I'm serious when I say this. Like, this movie could... Oh, yeah. I would be on board for that. I, this movie... Like, let's make it in the backyard. Let's make it in the backyard, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I, like, it wouldn't even surprise me if it has been remade already. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... I mean, I think Equilibrium is kind of like a remake it's a lot of the same ideas there's no swimming death but that's right <laughs> death by synchronized stabbing well, that's that's yeah that's the first thing they have to do um has there been them, has there been a remake oh influence that's what i want there's both an influences and an influence section <laughs> there's a lot of influences oh, wikipedia yeah, yeah yeah um talks about uh 1984 which obviously uh, this is pre nineteen eighty four the year, but the book nineteen eighty four was written in the forties, so mm-hmm. uh, did exist. 
Uh, so. Yeah, I think you could see some Big Brother dystopian future elements from that. Yeah. The music video for 2005, Kelly Osbourne's song, One Word, is a homage to Alphaville. <laughs> oh, yeah? I didn't even realize Kelly Osbourne did her own music. Yeah, she had like... Yeah, she had a bit of a music thing for a little while. It wasn't... It was short-lived. Uh, in fact, the music video for the song Linger by the Irish rock band The Cranberries uh, was also influenced by the film. So a few music videos have been influenced by it. Any movies? Uh, I'm not seeing any. Well, I mean, I think we can already answer that. Like, clearly, Equilibrium. And I think... I think Blade Runner has a little bit of Alphaville in it. I can see that. I, can see I that. actually see a bit of Soylent Green in it, too, which we haven't done yet. And it's around It's around this time. It's a 60s film, right? So, yeah, the ending the ending is, you know, he goes and gets hurt. There's, the, the, when the town starts acting weird, like, you know, all, everyone's being, like, there's that weird fight scene. Everyone's, like, rolling against the walls. Uh, there's, like, negative imagery that's used where the negative like it was negative and it has that sort of harsh you know bright effect um yeah that was confusing at first i think it's trying to say that there's just like a malfunction mm-hmm. <laughs> amongst the world things are fl- flipped inverted mm-hmm. upside down uh left is right up is down black is white black is white literally the negative yeah um <laughs> But he goes and grabs her. Uh, meanwhile, Alpha 6 is just like melting into itself because it can't solve this damn riddle. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and that's, that's basically the end of the movie. I mean, the, this, the stuff we kind of glossed over is a lot of the scenes with, with um, him and her sort of talking about dictionaries or talking about love or poetry um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, do you have anything else you want to add about the movie? I, I, for for me, it all kind of blurs together once it get like past the opening introduction kind of act. A lot of the middle kind of blurs together for me. Uh, we see a butt about midway through the movie. Glossed over that. Uh, I, I guess it's it's like a a naked woman in a box. Yeah. So I think it's meant to tell us that she's not actually human. Because they just kind of walk past her like she's an object, and I think that's uh, that that's telling us, oh, she's not human; she's a robot. <laughs> that's what these sex women are; they're just robots. But hey, we get to see a butt. That's cool. Oh yeah, highlight the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Oh, but it's, I mean, it's French. This isn't a '60s American film. This is a '60s French film. <laughs> Yeah, I think some of the um, some of this dystopian future and like gender roles is something that I, I see in the film Soylent Green as well, which is why I brought it up. I kind of wanted to complete that thought. <laughs> oh sure, go on. Um, but yeah, that's basically. It. I don't really want to talk too much about it because we haven't watched the movie yet for this. But I think when we talk about Soylent Green, I'll bring it up Alphaville, and you probably will too. Mm, yeah. Um, no, that's definitely what I wanted to do. We, we have a long list of movie films to, to get to. Um, Indeed we do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have much more to add. This is the, this is the thing. I'm, like, people have written essays about... Uh, like I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm... 
taking an easy path out by not like trying to dissect this one more because this is a movie you know that has a criterion release this is a movie that people write essays and make documentaries about and like dissect you know bit to bit but i feel like all those dissections probably link you know probably hinder on the analysis of the poetry that is said constantly throughout the film and i don't remember any of the poetry it all just kind of goes in it money. could be that people are just afraid to not like it uh, maybe because hey, the, the poetry for me goes in one ear and out the other. I forget what they've said, you know, pretty quickly for the most part. What once those scenes are done, I don't, I don't, I don't retain the information the way I do with actual dialogue. For whatever sure. reason, I, I just, I've, I've always been that. It's the same with uh, musicals. It's partly why I don't like musicals is that I feel like I, I kind of like don't take in a lot of the information during the musical numbers. Oh plus, well, plus also- I love musicals and I like to sing along with them, so. Yeah, I guess I retain a lot more than you do when it comes to that. Um, I think you're right in saying that this. You've heard me try to sing songs with lyrics. You know I don't retain them. <laughs> songs that you love, you can't remember the the words to. It's yes. kind of funny. Uh, the Karate the way Kid you song. Think that they are. <laughs> yeah, the Karate Kid song, but the one that sticks out in my head. You're the best. Yes. The best. <laughs> yes. I I I sign the I sign the chorus. Do you even say it round? You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Like it has to rhyme with down, but you still just say the best twice. <laughs> You're the best. Make the sense. best. No one's ever gonna <laughs> keep you down. That's just in my head. That's what it's always been. I don't know why. It makes sense that it's it's what you say it is, but I just I don't remember that. Well, let's rate this movie then. Let's uh, let's rate the film. What are you giving it to? You? I think that this is a movie that's going to stick with us whether we like it or not. Because <laughs> it is sort of a, a milestone in science fiction. It has a lot of ideas that are going to be coming up later on. Mm-hmm. And we're probably going to reference it a lot. And maybe, who knows, by the time you watch a lot of other movies, you'll be like, uh, Alpha Phil maybe is better than I thought. <laughs> um, but that being said, I still have a lot of you know, things about it that I didn't really like. I think it is prime for a remake. I think it's a movie that's ahead of its time, and that's why it should be remade. And with special effects this time. <laughs> <laughs> and a voice. You can just cast a regular human voice or a robot voice, whatever you want. Um, anyway, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a seven. Seven. Hmm. Pretty high. Yeah, this is a weird one because again, it's so so well regarded, and it's this is a tough one. I I always like every so often you hit one of those movies, you know, like, you know, you once you realize you're in a film and you start sticking out all these classic films. Every so often, when you're going through all the classics, because you'll like most of them, most of them are classics for a reason. But every so often, you hit one that you just don't like. I don't really like Citizen Kane. See, there you go. So <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I don't get the praise. I, 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 five out of ten. Oh, okay. I actually thought you were gonna go lower. No, I can't. I can't like say it's like, like, terrible filmmaking or anything like that. I just, I just, I, I get nothing out of it. This, this was, this was tedious for me to get through. Um, I was fighting sleeping with an energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> like i just don't like jean Godard. i just i've tried that's four of his movies now and i've not liked any of them really so okay 
Luckily, it's his only sci-fi movie, so I don't have to watch any more of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as I know, anyway, before, someone's going to comment, well, technically, Peter, uh, there's, there's <laughs> this one, which is technically science fiction. I'm like, well, tough. It'll just never happen. It's fine. Nobody ever writes comments like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's been Alphaville. Um, yeah, not not for me, unfortunately. Uh, mm. Tara tried to be a bit more diplomatic, but... I mean, I like the ideas in it. I like the idea of a society in the future that worships logic and math. Because that's always been the appeal of the Vulcans, right? From the hit television show Star Trek. <laughs> Is that they're basically humans, but they abandon emotion and religion and is that still us or is it something that's alien mm. yes. that's the question yes indeed deep <laughs> that line of thinking was completely logical it was yeah very good uh no but that i is... just i promised i would bring up vulcan so i had to you did yes you never actually yeah you never actually did join the discussion you just kind of snuck it in at the end there because you're like shit i didn't film my vulcan quota <laughs> yeah. okay put in more vulcan talk where's the vulcans yeah. um i'm actually just getting up the schedule so i can tell everyone what's coming next, next time. time next the time is it a time movie it is not. It is the Patreon vote winner, which in this case oh. is none other than Jurassic Park. Patreons. I mean, there was no bad option. But <laughs> no, we kind of stacked... I, I can't I, believe they didn't go with Star Wars. After Wing Commander, we kind of stacked the deck because we really didn't want... Um, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't want to be hit with another stinker. So, um, yes... Uh, and if you're a Patreon, a Patreon, sorry, a patron, Tara, that's, you've done that to me. If you're a patron uh, at the $5 tier up and you do have rights to vote, because that's what, that's the tier you have to be at to, to vote on the stuff, uh, not only the Nace, but also on the screams, you get access to a few votes. Um, the vote should be up right now. I think this, this episode will be out, at least for patrons, before the end of the month. So uh, the vote is for four 1950s science fiction films. Uh, we've done another decade. We did the 30s a while ago. Uh, so do go. We skipped the forties. <laughs> we skipped the forties because we tried to do the forties and realized that there's not enough notable science fiction films in the forties to even bother uh, with with doing so. I mean, the thirties didn't have a lot either. The thirties, like the four we picked for the thirties, were basically the only four we really could have picked. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas the fifties onwards, that's where it kind of the, the genre explodes, and it's kind of like okay, yeah. there's tons to pick from now. Uh, everyone's afraid of nuclear power so we get a ton <laughs> yeah so the four options uh on the vote right now is forbidden planet invasion of the body snatchers journey to the center of the earth and war of the worlds so those are the four options from the 1950s vote the up in patreon.com slash tv right now you can go do that um so please do uh please do vote make sure you remember to do so if you're a patron um but yeah, uh, so Patreon's a good way to support us. As mentioned earlier, you can also support us by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us five stars. Uh, that makes lets more people find us, that kind of thing. Um, you can do, you know, get us on the Twitters at the Ace Podcast. You can like and subscribe, comment, let us know what you think of the movie. Uh, do you disagree with us? 
Uh, are you are you pretentious? <laughs> are you a film snob? Uh, have I offended you? <laughs> has Tara offended you? Have I offended you? Because I, I mean, it's not like I was very positive about the movie. Um, so. Oh, you, I did, I forgot to mention that I there is a French film I like. I do like Amelie. You may continue. Amelie, Amelie. Yes. Uh, so you can you can go to that comment. Ding the bell. Make sure you get the notifications. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically basically it. Yeah. Um, so uh, check out all the stuff that we have on the channel. Uh, we we do a horror movie podcast called Screams After Midnight that I do with Tim. Tara can offer one. Uh, if you like science fiction, you can check out our reviews of classic Twilight Zone that we've been doing. Uh, I'm sure by this time we're beginning season two finally <laughs> yeah around this time because because we're a couple ahead in recording so i don't know when it will go up Maybe. in relation to this but yeah we're like at the time we're either the end of season one or the beginning of season two so yeah. we are committed 36 episodes in yep Oof. yep 36 episodes a season oh baby uh so yeah check out those um but that is us. That has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. We are into the 30s ourselves on this show. This is a 30... I don't know, 3 Blade or 4. Runner? Something like that. <laughs> um, what? We have Blade Runner in between, so... That's true, but even it's without that, it's hard to remember because when we do a theatre release, that bumps up the number by one extra. So, oh, yeah. what's funny is that all my recordings for the Ace, like the numbers are actually like two behind now compared to what the actual episodes are when they go out because we had these extra ones sort of slotted in which is not that interesting for anyone it's, it's merely a little note that i've just chuckled at myself okay. we're in episode 30 something 30 something, something. yeah 30 something something uh which actually describes both of our ages so <laughs> hey i bring that up <laughs> i said both of us i don't understand why you need to bring it up Just can't help yourself. <sighs> All right. Look in the bright side, though. Look in the bright side. Uh, once we're out the thirties, I can never make that joke. And, and, and you know, unless we're still doing it when we're both in our forties, <laughs> I, I, I can never do it again. Hell, by the time by the time you're in our forties, we'll be in episode one hundred and eighty or so. <laughs> like, I can't make that joke anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. This is the only time that, that this period of ten episodes is the only time I can crack this joke. Mm -hmm. But that is uh that is but as a topic some experiment. Um so we'll be back next time with a Jurassic Park. Woo. Which oh, how many having quotes am I gonna do next week? <laughs> all of them. You must do all of them. I need to get the full <laughs> script out and do like every single line. Um but yes, next week you can indeed be welcomed to Jurassic Park beautiful but we'll see you then so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching sci-fi movies guys and Alpha 60 at Salsa yeah yeah <laughs>